Howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind with your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite brew and join me and my sister, Carla, and then get ready to brew your brain, sharpen your wit, and enrich your faith. We'll give you the rundown on today's date, share some interesting historical facts, and then toss out a few random musings just to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on your walk with Jesus. So let's get this show on the road. Well, good morning, Carla. How are you doing this Thursday? Good morning, John. Good morning, Daily Grind. I'm doing good. It's Thursday. We made it. Yes, made we it to did. Thursday. There's just one more after this one. <laughs> yes. It is Thursday, November 16th. And on this date in 1805, Lewis and Clark reached the Pacific Ocean. Wow. What a journey. And if you ever thought English is an easy language to learn, think about Pacific Ocean. Every (laughs) C in those two words has a different sound. English is unusual, bizarre, strange. More exceptions than rules. Yep. Mm. And on this date in 1910, the first American driver to exceed the speed of a mile a minute which would be 60 miles per hour, was A.C. Bostwick on the Ocean Parkway racetrack in Brooklyn, New York. Whoa. Somebody was the first person to drive over 60. 60. I I bet they probably had fire extinguishers standing by. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. And on this date in 1907, Oklahoma became the United States' 46th state. Oh, happy birthday, Oklahoma. And on this date in 1914, the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States opened. Okay. Happy birthday, Federal Reserve. Yep. And on this date in 1945, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, also known as UNESCO, was founded. Okay. And on this date in 1981, Luke and Laura got married on ABC's General Hospital. (laughs) And it was the most watched wedding in American television history. Oh, Luke and Laura. Oh, they probably got married a couple of more times. I can't remember. Yeah, probably knows. And I I can always, I I just remember that the summer I spent in Louisiana with Margaret and Lit was the summer they were on the island. Oh my goodness. Okay, 1981. Right. And I was, <laughs> oh, I was, again, in college, I remember, and we would go to, there was this TV room in the library, and it was always packed out uh, for the soaps. <laughs> Not with just girls, but guys too. Everybody. Was, yeah. Everybody yeah. was there. Oh my gosh. I remember, yeah, because over in the commons where you guys were, like Mosier and Mm-hmm. They had those big TV rooms because when I was at AM, I was part of a group. It must have been 200 people would watch like the Young and Restless. I know. Whatever. It'll, I'm going to call it goofy. So, November 16th is Have a Party with Your Bear Day. Okay. Not real bears. Oh, again. like teddy bears. Okay. Teddy bears. All right. Yeah. Proceed with caution. And, and it's easy to have a party with a teddy bear because you right. don't have to feed them because mm-hmm. they're already stuffed. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is in the International Day for Tolerance. Okay. It's National Button Day. Oh, I like buttons. I like buttons too. I'm assuming it's a wardrobe button. Part of me wants to think oh. that's the day to push people's buttons, but oh. I will I will go with I'll go with clothing. It's National Fast Food Day. Okay. And it's National Indiana Day. Indiana. Yeah, we had a National okay. Louisiana Day last week one mm-hmm. day. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. The capital of Djibouti. (laughs) Do you know what it is, Carl? I have no idea. It's Djibouti. Djibouti, Djibouti, Djibouti. Djibouti. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Part of me would just love to be able to say, I've been to Djibouti, Djibouti. Djibouti, Djibouti. (laughs) Where are you from? Djibouti, Djibouti. (laughs) I'm going to have to get the map out. And pinpoint exactly where that is. Maybe we should go. Maybe we've worked that out. <laughs> the sun travels around the galaxy once every 200 million years. Yikes. Okay. So, in fact, not just the sun, but the whole solar system that we're in orbits around the center of the Milky Way galaxy. And we are moving as a solar system uh, at an average velocity of 828,000 kilometers per hour. Right. So even when you're standing still, you're moving. Yes, because we're moving in orbit around our own sun. And then Mm -hmm. our own solar system is moving around the entire Milky Way galaxy. But even at that speed... It takes us about 230 million years to make one complete orbit around the Milky Way, mm. which gives you some idea of how big. That's pretty the Milky large. Way yeah, that's, that's a large. lot of years. Yeah, no wonder I'm yeah. so tired. Oh, all that yeah. activity, all that moving. Yeah. The Diary of Mirror is the oldest papyri ever discovered. I'm not pa- even familiar. So, little diary, yeah, written on papyrus. Okay. It details the daily life of a worker who helped build the Great Pyramids of Giza. Oh, my goodness. So, it was written some 4,500 years ago. And Mirror, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but he's not going to be around to complain, Mm -hmm. uh, was a middle-ranking official uh, who had the title of inspector. And wow. yeah, and his diary is the oldest known text, uh, dating back to the 27th year of the reign of Pharaoh Khufu in wow. the fourth dynasty. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, cool. Yeah, some things last, so yeah, be careful. <laughs> Stuff on your Facebook page <laughs> could be here a long time, long too. Time. A group of salmon, okay. Can be called a run. A run of salmon. Okay. Uh-huh. And that is what you call salmon during a large group of mass migration during mm-hmm. spawning season. Okay. But a group of salmon just swimming or schooling together is called a shoal. A shoal of salmon. Yeah. Salmon are complicated. They okay. are. And here's an interesting thing about salmon. They have a 
they have small particles of iron in their brain, which act as a magnetic needle in a compass to help them navigate the places where they respond. Okay. And that process is called magneticoception. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. I didn't know that. I love that. Okay. I like semen. So there is actually an official answer to this question. How many licks does it take to get to the center (laughs) of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know the answer, though. Maybe you're about to. Okay. 364. Woo. Okay. That's a lot. That is a lot. Okay. Usually I give up and just chomp. Which means that if you disciplined yourself for one lick a day, (laughs) you could make a Tootsie Pop last a year. year. (laughs) Wow. We're not doing that. Okay. I hate to think about. (laughs) air part what would be on that at that time right <gasps> carla did you know that the new zealand's air force logo on their jets is a picture of a kiwi no yeah it has a kiwi on it which i is ironic because kiwis are flightless birds they okay well that they... makes more sense than the fruit i was picturing in my mind <laughs> Oh no, the bird okay. kiwi. Okay. You know that, like you see on the little shoe polish things or whatever. I do. Yes, that makes... yeah. There's a little, there's a little bird okay. kiwi, but it can't fly, and <laughs> for whatever reason, they're going. Uh, let's put that on our. Right, I'm that can be sure. our bird. Okay, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe they just appreciate irony in oh, the New Zealand Air Force. I guess so. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> and now it's that time on the daily grind to enrich your faith. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation, because he will pass away like a flower of the field. For the sun rises and, together with the scorching wind, dries up the grass, and its flowers fall off, and its beautiful appearance perishes. In the same way, the rich person will wither away while pursuing his activities. Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. No one undergoing trial should say, I'm being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. 
By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. This morning, let's focus in out of James chapter 1 on verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. James 1.17 is like a practical guide and a big dose, really, of encouragement. It challenges some common misconceptions among Christ followers that just don't hold up. We all need, I think, to take these words seriously and make them a part of our lives. And when we dig into what every good and perfect gift really means, Well, it should push us to stop seeing ourselves as the ones providing everything and instead look to God for what we need. It shows us God's heart and how he takes care of us. So to really get in to James 1.17 and see what it's saying, what are we going to do on the daily grind? We're going to consider the context. This letter was written by James, Jesus's half-brother, to encourage new Christians to grow in their faith, and to steer clear of certain wrong beliefs. It is a real down-to-earth, straightforward way for us to practically live out our Christian faith. So back to every good and perfect gift. Let's break that down, I think, into three parts and see if we can see in a new light ways to make this practical in how we live. First, James is throwing it out there. If it's good, it's from God. Anything in your life that brings joy, gives life, that's God's gift to you. But don't get that twisted. Sin and temptation might seem good for a moment, but they're destructive in the long run. Sometimes we turn good things into the main focus of our lives, and that makes them destructive. Money, sex, food, family, all good stuff. But when we make them the main deal, it messes things up. God's gifts are blessings that should bring us back to him. It's not just about the gift. It is really about the awesome giver of those gifts. Now, James keeps going. He says that these gifts come from the Father. Every good and perfect gift is from our heavenly father. Just like a good earthly father loves giving gifts to his kids, our heavenly father is all about that, but in a perfect way. And here's the kicker. God doesn't change. While everything in this world might shift and change, God stays the same. The promise in James 1.17 was true 2,000 years ago, and it's still true today, and it will be true tomorrow. God's good gifts and his promises are solid. Now, let's talk about some things that we can take away from James 1.17 and actually use, put to use in our lives. First up, we're not the ones in charge. We might think sometimes that it's our hard work that provides everything, but James says it's God who gives us the good stuff. It doesn't mean our work doesn't matter, but it's about giving credit where it's due. What I have that's good 
is not a result of my toil and effort and my skill or my knowledge. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Next, let's be thankful. Because God is the giver of all good things, it is only right to regularly say thank you. Whether it is a beautiful sunset, whether it's a conversation with a friend, whether it's an awareness of the fact that I have an opportunity or a skill or an ability. Being grateful helps us see God in our everyday lives. I think one of the marks of those of us who really follow Christ that sets us apart from our modern culture is the attitude of gratitude, of gratefulness, of appreciation, of thankfulness that should mark our lives. And last, and certainly not least, worship the giver, not the gifts. I mean, our culture tends to worship money and possessions and all that kind of stuff. But those are just things. They can be gifts from God. But when we worship the gift, man, it messes things up. Enjoy them. Be thankful. But God should still remain at the center of our lives. We should have our emphasis and focus on worshiping our Father, not the stuff he gives us, not what he does for us, but him. Again, thank you so much for spending some time with me on The Daily Grind. Look forward to joining you tomorrow. And as you go about your day to day, look for the things that God gives you as gifts and be grateful to him for them. Be aware of Christ's presence with you in moments throughout the day. And may you just be consumed in his grace and his peace.